Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome aboard. I am indeed Rudy Maxa, the savvy traveler. If I have to open a show one more time, by noting that this was another week of canceled and delayed airline flights due to winter weather, I think I'm going to suggest we all just move for the winter to Palm Springs, California, just every winter. In fact, it's likely that even as I speak to you live on Saturday morning, remember a lot of our shows, a lot of our stations, excuse me, time shift this show to later on Saturday, even Sunday. But as I brought, broadcast live at 10.06 Eastern on Saturday morning, even the Willamette Valley, the wine-growing region of Oregon, is uh, getting acquainted with a, a brutal winter. Now, remember, just because the weather is clear where you are doesn't mean your flight will fly as scheduled. So if it's stuck in snow somewhere, that throws off dozens of other flights. In fact, um, did I say flights? I meant flights. Probably dozens of flights, too, at airports. In fact, in about two minutes, uh, we're going to meet a man who works for Orbitz in the company's command center. His name is Chris Hills. And it's his job and his colleagues' jobs to forecast weather and monitor flight delays in order to alert passengers who bought tickets on orbits about possible delays or cancellations. I have got to think the last four weeks have been hell for Mr. Hills. Well, a plane flying from Ukraine with 110 passengers landed safely at an airport in Istanbul after a passenger claiming to have a bomb demanded the aircraft be redirected to the site of the Winter Olympics Games to Sochi, Russia. Um... Early reports said he was drunk. Reports as of this Saturday morning say no, he wasn't a drunk, but he wasn't drunk, but he may have been on some other energy-inducing something, liquid, pill, whatever. Anyway, he was a little out of his mind. Um, The pilots of the aircraft wisely turned off the in-flight map where you can follow the progress of your flight as it traverses in the air above the ground. So he didn't quite know that the plane was actually landing in Istanbul instead of at Sochi. Turkish special security forces entered the plane and arrested the hijacker without incident. There was no gunfire. Nobody was hurt. And folks at the Olympics didn't know about it until after the opening ceremonies were over. But still, we don't know whether the guy was in a rush to get to the Winter Olympics because he missed his flight or whether he had more sinister intentions. So far, they've found nothing in his background. At least nothing has been reported yet that indicates he was had ill intent. But anyway, not a happy thing. Uh, We are going to take a fascinating look at skyjacking today, by the way. Younger flyers probably don't know that the hijacking of airplanes long before 9-11 were almost a weekly occurrence for a couple years. We're going to talk with Brendan Corner, whose book titled The Skies Belong to Us, Love and Terror in the Golden Age of Hijacking. It takes a fascinating look at that era and tells the very twisted love story of a couple who pulled off the longest distance hijacking in history, even made it out of the U.S. with a half million dollars ransom before things went very bad. Do you know that airlines fought tooth and nail to stall the insulation of X-ray machines at airports? They thought impeding passengers' travel through the airport would doom the industry. Nobody would want to fly anymore. And they calculated that absorbing the cost of hijackers was better than trying to detect them before they boarded a plane. They thought 20000 bucks to land a plane in Cuba, because that's where most of the early hijackings were uh, directed. Now, we'll land in Havana. We'll let the guy off. We'll fly back. It'll cost us 20000 in fuel and time lost, but you know, better than having to install all those any security devices that might keep people from flying, you're going to want to hear what Brendan Kerner has at 18 after the hour. And I wasn't the only resident of St. Paul, Minnesota, to awake one morning last week to learn that, or this week, that USA Today had named the city's 
America's number one choice for a romantic getaway. Now, take it from someone who's lived in St. Paul for 10 years. Pardon me, but I'm skeptical. So I've asked Adam Johnson, the vice president of marketing for the city's Visitors and Convention Bureau, to join me, and I'm going to ask him to justify this uh, high honor. Plus, if you're not making it to Sochi, we'll talk with our travel editor. Uh, we'll talk with travel editor, not our travel editor. I'm your travel editor. We'll talk with a travel editor, uh, Janine Torrentore, who about five places with a pros train that you can visit and get your Olympian on right here. That's all coming up this hour, but let's turn our attention to this wicked winter weather that's touched travel, both by planes, trains, and automobiles globally. I mean, this has affected flights globally, even though the weather's here. Uh, for the last four weeks. As I mentioned a moment ago, it's Chris Hill's job to keep a weather eye, literally, on the world's weather in order to alert passengers who are traveling on tickets purchased through orbits if things are going south. Um, I have to think, Chris, that these last four weeks have verged on pandemonium around your office, yes? Or is it just business as usual there? <laughs> well, um, it, it usually is pretty bad in the wintertime, but this January has really been a record setter for when it comes to delays and cancellations. Um, just just in the month of January, we sent out as many uh, cancellation alerts at Orbit as we sent out in the entire third quarter or fourth quarter in 2013. So it has and been really busy for us. How many of you are sitting in that, for lack of a better term, command center in Chicago watching weather maps and flights? Um, we actually have a team of three people. Um, we're all former air traffic controllers, and uh, we have a, a good um, a weather background as well. And so we forecast what the weather is going to do to each of the airports uh, throughout the United States and Canada, and we forecast what delays will be and uh, how the air traffic is going to be affected by the weather. Do you also have information coming in from airlines telling you what flights are canceled in real time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we get a, a feed from the airlines, and it gets um, fed to us um, in real time. Uh, that way we, you know, we check the flight status at 24 hours, 5 hours, and 3 hours, and then we also do it uh, whenever the airlines actually do have a cancellation or delay, so that way we let our customers know immediately if there's a problem with their flight. So then you zap out an email to everyone who bought a ticket on Orbit saying, look, your flight delay is going to be delayed two hours or has been canceled or whatever. Exactly, yeah. So we send now, out those but alerts, but we also send out the, uh, the air traffic alerts that will go out probably you know two to three hours before your flight if there is a weather delay, and those are the ones that uh, my air traffic team sends out. Okay. You don't rebook the flights for all these folks. No, no. What we do is we uh, tell the customers to to contact Orbit, um, you know, via the phone and, and get rebooked that way, or uh, or call the airline. Um, you know, many times the the cancellations occur at the airport themselves. Um, this actually happened to me a couple of days ago. I was flying out of Chicago, and uh, you know, our flight was canceled. You know, big surprise. And so um, I got on my phone and and called Orbit, and also at the same time I got in line uh, for the for the ticket counter, so you know, I kind of multitask so I could see who I got to first um, to get rebooked. And so I recommend people do that when they're, when they're traveling as well to get canceled while they're at the airport. All right. What do you say? Are you working this weekend right now? Um, yeah, I'm kind of working, kind of keeping an eye on things. We've got, uh, you know, snow showers, you know, going through the Chicago area. Of course, we're only supposed to get a couple of inches there, so delays and cancellations shouldn't be too bad. But uh, there's a big storm in the uh, uh, Northern California area that's delaying flights into San Francisco by about three hours. So if you are flying Whoa. to uh, you know, SFO, yeah, you can see, uh, uh, you'll probably see major delays getting into that airport. Now, keep in mind, Chris Hills is speaking at about 10, uh, 10, 10 on uh, ten thirteen a.m. Eastern time on Saturday morning as he's telling you this. You know, I've got to say goodbye to you, Chris, but I just got to say when you say we're just getting a couple inches in Chicago, that paralyzes Atlanta, for goodness sake, and it scares the heck out of them. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah it really does. Uh, Atlanta-Hartsfield does really well with thunderstorms, but when it comes to snow, it, they, don't, they don't do great there. 
you, you, you would know. You're on the front lines. Hey, Chris Hills, good luck. I hope the weather improves for all of our sakes, and so you can put your feet up and smoke okay. a cigar and have a glass of scotch while you're working. I agree. Thank you very much. Took a minute for Chris Hills to try to imagine that mental picture. Chris Hills is an air traffic analyst with Orbitz Worldwide. Nice to have him aboard. Nice to have you aboard as well. After this break, we're going to tell you an incredible story of a hijacking that electrified the world when it happened and why it took so long for America to begin screening passengers for weapons. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. Glad you are. Don't go away. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Introducing Orbitz Rewards, the top-shelf margarita of rewards programs. As an Orbitz Rewards member, you earn rewards immediately on flights, hotels, and packages. That's right, like the kick from a good tequila, you get them instantly. The rewards you just earned on your flight to Miami, use them to book your hotel for the same trip. If you use the Orbitz app to book, you earn even more, 5% on hotels. So join today and be part of the only travel rewards program that gives you instant vacation gratification. Go to Orbitz.com rewards or look under sponsors at RudyMaxa.com. Thank you for calling Rosetta Stone for your free language learning demo. Yeah, what's the catch? Excuse me? Your ad says I can get a free Rosetta Stone demo. So what's the catch? No catch. We're so sure the Rosetta Stone method is the fastest, easiest way to learn a new language that we'll give you a free demo to try it for yourself. Okay, but I've tried to learn a new language before, and it was always too hard. This is a completely natural way to learn a new language, just like you learned your first language. No tedious translation, useless memorization, or boring drills. It even comes in 30 languages. Oh, but there is one thing. The catch, right? You could start speaking in a new language in less than 15 minutes. Aha! Wait, did you say 15 minutes? To get your free demo from Rosetta Stone, call now, 1-800-337-1442. Experience for yourself the fastest, easiest way to learn a new language guaranteed. For your free demo, call now, 1-800-337-1442. That's 1-800-337-1442. Robitussin Coffequence number 17, Unexpected Turbulence. Hello, this is your <coughs> captain. We're number <coughs> in line for takeoff. Our flight time today will be <coughs> hours, and we're expecting a <coughs> ride all the way. Coughs are disruptive, but you can always be prepared. Robitussin TM Max now comes in a new liquid-filled capsule. Nothing provides more powerful cough relief. Robitussin, don't suffer the consequences. Among leading branded non-drowsy OTC cough suppressants, use as directed. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 18 minutes after the hour. You know, before 1961, there had never been a hijacking in American airspace. Well, there had been some just before that, since Castro took over, after Castro took over government in Cuba. Some Cubans had tried to hijack planes to the United States. Uh, A couple of them were executed by a firing squad for their efforts in Cuba. Um, And in uh, 1954, a 15-year-old boy tried to hijack a plane in Cleveland Airport. It never got off uh, uh, the ground. Uh, He was actually shot to death by the pilot who pulled a Colt 38 out of his bag. I know this and a lot more because for the last week, I have been reading a fascinating book that I can't recommend highly enough to you. It's called The Skies Belong to Us. 
subtitled Love and Terror in the Golden Age of Hijacking. We'll get to the love and uh, part uh, eventually with our author, Bernard Kerner. It's published by Crown Publishing, and it's just a riveting book. And I lived through this year. I graduated from college in 67, for, excuse me, uh, high school in 67, college in 71. So I well remember the 70s and the hijackings. But I didn't remember it as well as I should have remembered it until I read this book. Uh, Brendan Kerner is the author of the book. He joins uh, me today on the line. Uh, Brendan, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me, Rudy. You established, I mean, you look back on this and and came to conclusions that it really didn't occur to us when, when these events were happening on a piecemeal basis. A couple of them are that hijackers got ideas for hijacking from other hijackers. Absolutely. That many of the people, the person, they had distinctive personalities, we'll talk about it in a minute, often. And that this is what really surprised me, that for years, the airlines considered hijacking sort of lost leader sort of things. It would cost a little money, but, you know, because I guess in the beginning, the hijackings were mainly to Cuba by Americans, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. And they, they weren't violent. The, the philosophy of the airlines was that if we acquiesce to all of the, the hijackers' demands, then it's going to end up in one way. The, the plane will go to Cuba, um, the hijacker will be taken off by the Cuban police, and then the passengers in the plane will be allowed to turn around and come back, and no one will be hurt. And sure, they'll be out a couple thousand dollars for fuel and landing fees and inconvenience and all those things. But in the long run, they figured that was much, much cheaper than actually having security at the airport. You have to keep in mind, this is an era in which there was no security at airports whatsoever. Nothing, right. You could li literally walk from the, the, the curb all the way through the airport, onto the tarmac, up the boarding stairs, sometimes even onto the plane without a ticket, without ID, without anyone searching your, your luggage or your person. Seems hard to believe now, doesn't it? And there, uh, there were two fa fascinating books filled with fascinating factoids. For example, that eventually the airlines were acquiescing so much to this that uh, planes that flew all around, American planes that flew anywhere, had a had an air map for Cuba just in case they got hijacked. Correct? Yeah, they were they were so ready for it. In fact, I found out in the course of doing this that you know even up until I uh, talking to pilots who retired in the in the early part of this century saying even you know in 2006 2007 they still had maps of the caribbean in their in their cockpits and regardless of where they were going it's kind of a you know that harkens back to this whole era of cuban hijacking and and we uh, when america cut off diplomatic relations with cuba our diplomatic household responsibilities were handled through the swiss embassy and they, you reported, had a form. They pre-printed a form to, to fill out when a plane was hijacked. It was sort of like, I don't know, just yep. a routine kind of thing. Yeah, because the airlines, the number one priority for them was to get the, the airplane back as quickly as possible. And there was some, you know, some bureaucratic um, you know, eye-dotting that had to go along with this. And so the Swiss Embassy, the interest section, the American interest section there, tried to expedite the process. We just kind of fill in the flight number and the relevant information, and they would try to get back within 24 hours. This is so hard to believe, given today's security-conscious world. Um, talk a little... Well, talk... Okay, so, so our early hijackings were largely to Havana by folks who thought they'd be heroes of the revolution and so on. Um, mm -hmm. Talk a little about the personality of the hijackers and how hijacking morphed into a more deadly game than uh, simply an inconvenience for passengers. Yeah, this was a real challenge in writing the book. There were just so many hijackings that it was, it was hard to get a, a grip on what united all of these people. And, you know, if they all had different state of political motives or, or backgrounds or situations they were in. And I realized the one unifying 
principle among all of them is they were all in desperate circumstances. Um, you could scratch beneath the surface of their stated motives, and you would usually find people who are out of work, people who had been traumatized in Vietnam, people who had love affairs gone wrong, people who thought that they were in such a dead end in their lives, they had to do something really radical to, to reinvent themselves and kind of get them out of this really desperate circumstance. So that was a real unifying principle, regardless of the stated motive. Um, you know, as you said, if there was this air of these hijackings going only to Cuba, you know, of course, the airlines are so permissive, of course, hijackers started trying kind of crazier and crazier things. They started trying to go to places other than Cuba. And, uh, for example, in 1968, uh, 69, excuse me, there was a real landmark hijacking involving an Italian-American Marine who wanted to go to Rome. And uh, the airlines stuck by their policy of total compliance, let him go to Rome uh, via, via Bangor, Maine, and Shannon, Ireland. And after that, the epidemic morphed, and, and hijackers realized that they could go anywhere in the world. <laughs> that the airlines didn't care. And not only did the airlines uh, consider it a cost of doing business, uh, there were no laws against it for a while. Yeah, that's just fascinating to me. When they created the you know, government oversight of, of aviation, civil aviation, in 1958, um, they didn't actually make hijacking a crime in that legislation. Um, so when these initial hijackings happened in 1961, you know, they could prosecute them for kidnapping and other charges, but there was no crime of air piracy. And that uh, that that Italian American pilot who 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 hijacked the plane to Rome, he was upset because the he felt the U.S. Army, where he had served, owed him an extra two hundred dollars for something. He got to Italy. He was a very good-looking young man. He became a heartthrob. Uh, the court let him off with, I think, what a year in prison was it? Uh, I think it eighteen months ultimately. And he still apparently is running something in Naples, a pizza parlor or something, where he or, or, or Genoa, where he welcomes visitors who remember his uh, famous yeah, escapade. He does he lives in his native his native town in Italy? And you, he actually, if you, if you if you look him up on YouTube, he has his own YouTube channel as well, so you can kind of keep tabs <laughs> on what he's up to these days. Um, incredible. So when so then there became a year. What was it, seventy one or seventy two, when things went nuts? Yeah, I'd say really the end of 71, and, and then 72 was just crazy. That was the end of the epidemic, and that was really the most violent, you know, just nuts year in terms of the, the um, outlandishness and the, the, the bizarre nature of the hijacking that took place and, and really the bloodshed that was involved. You have the, at the FBI getting involved then with snipers and undercover agents who would have shootouts on planes. You had hijackers were becoming ever more violent and ever more willing to use violence to, to, to get to their purposes. So, you know, that and, was the year that things really took a turn for the worse, and the airlines started to realize they couldn't have this policy of total compliance anymore. But, but up to that point, they were the ones who were talking some legislatures out of putting any security at the airport. In fact, they were floating all kinds of ideas, one of which was, the most popular one was, putting something down in Florida to uh, fool the hijackers, a la Friday's hijacking in, in, uh, in, in, in between uh, the Ukraine and Turkey. Yeah, no, they wanted to build a fake Havana airport in a field <laughs> in South Florida, and thinking, well, when hijackers ask to go to Havana, we'll just land them there and arrest them when they get off the plane. And it was actually taken, this idea was taken quite seriously by the FAA. Um, they ultimately dismissed it because it would be too expensive. They were just going to build a, 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 a Potemkin airport in Florida and have Spanish-speaking exactly. people greet them at the gate and then arrest them or something, right? Yep, exactly. Unbelievable. My guest is Brendan Kerner. He is the author of a, a book called The Skies Belong to Us. It's published by Crown. Yeah, I've asked uh, uh, Brendan to stay through the commercial break. We're going to talk about two very unusual hijackers, which is really the 
uh, narrative thread in, in, in this fascinating book. Uh, we'll talk about that after the break. We just got about another minute before we have to uh, stop for commercials. But, Brendan, so when did, when did, it, did the United States realize, you know, we've got to stop people taking guns onto planes somehow? Well, the biggest, there was a real landmark hijack in November 1972 where three hijackers uh, asked for $10 million, and they didn't get it. They would crash the plane into a nuclear reactor in Tennessee, and that was the real moment where the airlines realized that not having security on the ground was just too risky. What year was that? Uh, 19, November 1972. Well, it took a while for the scales to fall off the eyes, didn't it? Absolutely. Unbelievable. This is just a fascinating uh, story. How long did you work on this book? This is about four years out of my life. Wow. Well, it's, the hard work shows the attention to detail. As I say, these 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 factoids that are just stunning. That uh, that the Swiss interest section in Cuba had a form that pilots could fill out so they could get back to the states quickly after that divergence. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about this strange romance between two hijackers that led to. I think they 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 accomplished the longest hijacking in the history of the world. Right? They did. All right. We're going to talk about this. Uh, this this love match between Roger Holder and Kathy Kirkow. We're talking with Brendan Kerner, author of The Skies Belong to Us. The subtitle is Love and Terror in the Golden Age of Hijacking. We'll get to the love and terror part right after this break. Don't go away. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Your eyes, even at a distance of 10 miles, the length of 146 football fields, they can see the light of a single candle. Your eyes are amazing. Look after them with Centrum Silver. Multivitamins with lutein and vitamins A, C, and E to help support healthy eyes. And packed with key nutrients to help support your heart and brain, too. Centrum Silver, for the most amazing parts of you. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The 2014 Cupera features plush leather seating that will feel to your hemorrhoids like sitting on lava-hot knitting needles. Not if you step up to relief with the power of two from Preparation H. First, use Preparation H medicated wipes to soothe as they clean. Then, Preparation H maximum strength cream to relieve pain and burning. Now, sink into that rich upholstery. Mmm, luxurious. Preparation H. Don't stand for hemorrhoids. Use as directed. Look for Preparation H at Walgreens. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. If you just joined us, we're in the middle of a conversation with Brendan Kerner. He's the author of a, of a book called The Skies Belong to Us. It's published by Crown. The subtitle is Love and Terror in the Golden Age of Hijacking. And if this is as fascinating to you as it is to me, check out his website, theskiesbelongtous.com. We've talked a little about the... 
through history of hijacking and how it, long it took both the government and the airlines to admit they needed a little security. But meanwhile, there's this couple, and this is the narrative spine of, uh, of Bernard's book. Uh, Roger Holder and Kathy Kirkow, could you give us a thumbnail personality sketch of each of these and tell, me, tell us what they did and why? Sure, yeah, Roger Holder uh, was a Vietnam veteran, served four tours there, and had um, actually been in prison for marijuana use during his third tour, and got went AWOL about coming back to the U.S., was living in San Diego, uh, kind of uh, on the land of the hustler a little bit, and he meets Kathy Kirko, a 20-year-old uh, woman from Coos Bay, Oregon, working massage parlor uh, in San Diego, and they kind of fall in love and become infatuated with one another and decide to liberate the imprisoned black radical Angela Davis by hijacking a plane, and they want to exchange the passengers for Angela Davis and a large amount of money. Now, Angela Davis knew nothing. Let's be clear, Angela Davis knew nothing about this, and in fact, when she did, she didn't want anything to do with it, but but this was sort of a way of making a statement, of being somebody for this bitter GI. Is that... Yeah, very much so. He had a real grievance against the Army. Um, Things had ended quite badly for him. He felt slighted about the way he'd been treated over his uh, marijuana court-martial. And he really wanted to, you know, to make himself heard and, and make his displeasure known uh, with, with the way, about the way he'd been treated. Okay, so this was his destiny. He was going to become famous for freeing a, a, the black radical Angela Davis and make some money, about a half a million dollars along the way. So what did they, how did they do it, and what happened? Well, they, uh, they get on a Western Airlines plane bound for Seattle. Um, they want to get on a plane for Hawaii, um, and they make a mistake getting one for Seattle. Um, they take it over. Um, and unfortunately, Angela Davis, as you said, wants nothing to do with them, uh, so she won't go with them. But the airline does give them half a million dollars in San Francisco, as well as a new plane. The plane they hijacked was a Boeing 727. It's a short-range plane. So Western Airlines gives them a, a 720, uh, which is capable of transversing the ocean. And when they make the switch, they bring half the passengers. And Roger Holder makes a decision to not go to Vietnam, it was the original destination of the hijacking. But he wants to go to Algeria instead, and so they take him there with Kathy Kirko in tow. With a half million dollars in their, in their bags. With a half million dollars in cash in a, in, a, in a satchel, yeah. And he was, Roger, I'm sure, was expecting Algeria to embrace him as a bold American radical, helping, you know, a black radical in the United States. Didn't quite go that way, did it? No, not at all. Algeria was a very interesting country at the time. It was kind of like Venezuela is today, very mm-hmm. anti-American, uh, revolutionary socialist government, but also you know, fueled by petrodollars. Um, and so they land there, and actually there's a, a Black Panther commune there headed by Eldridge Cleaver, the author of Soul on Ice, who was in exile there. Um, and they get there, and you're right, things do not turn out that well. Eldridge Cleaver is kind of a loose cannon, infuriates the Algerian government after a few months. Um, some more hijackers eventually come, and a separate hijacking, and that kind of sets things unraveling, and eventually the commune uh, dissolves. And what happened to the, the love couple? They actually managed to flee to Paris, um, and where the French actually embraced them. Um, the French, obviously, uh, um, you know, very anti-American at that time as well. Uh, the, the radical left was very much in the, in the ascendancy there, and they saw them as folk heroes in a lot of ways. And then? <laughs> well, I don't want to give away too much. I want people to read the book. So ah, good point. Their, their, their story does not end in Paris. It no, it certainly doesn't there. end in Paris. And what's fascinating is you actually spent hours talking uh, to Roger, uh, didn't you, now that he's back in the States, as it were? I, I did, I did. It took me a while, but I actually tracked him down and uh, spent a really interesting time with him. And uh, very intelligent, very charismatic, really funny guy, but also obviously, you know, 
uh, deeply wounded and, and really has had a difficult life uh, on account did, of the choices he's made. I don't want to give away the, the, the ending, as you say, but did, did he understand he was or is deeply wounded? That's a really fascinating question. I think he does. I think he does. And I think that it was difficult for him looking back and realizing how much chaos he caused by hijacking this plane, especially in his own family. Um, you know, he had young twin daughters from his uh, first wife when he did this, and they grew up without a father as a result. So he realized that, this, that he wounded people. But at the same time, this was his one moment of greatness in his life, and, and I think he kept on trying to relive it in some way. If you'd like to read the rest of the story, as one famous radio broadcaster used to say, of uh, what happened to Roger Holder and Kathy Kirkow and their strange romance and their strange decision to uh, make a bid for fame and, uh, and uh, a place in the history books, pick up a copy. The Skies Belong to You. Go to theskiesbelongtoyou.com or just go to Amazon or your local bookstore. The Skies Belong to You. Uh, Bernard Kerner's last name is spelled K-O-E-R-N-E-R. -E -E Bernard Kerner is the author. He's been kind enough to join me for two sec. Uh, he's been kind enough to join me for this show, and I'm delighted. Bernard, thank you so much for dropping in. Congratulations on a riveting, very well written, and certainly well researched book. Oh, thanks a million, Rudy. I appreciate it. Take care. Take care. I got to tell you, this. Uh, you know, you don't have to be an aviation buff uh, to, to really appreciate the bizarre twisted history of how we got to the security we now have in our airports in the United States. And you might notice that there aren't... I was going to say this week when I was thinking about the show, I was going to say, and you notice we don't have any hijackings. And then, of course, on Friday comes word that a guy gets on in Ukraine and says, take this to Sochi. That had a happy ending. Uh, I hope all do in the future. Stick around. We'll be back with more Rudy Max's World. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. All coughs aren't the same, and neither are all cough medicines. Some just suppress your coughs while doing nothing to clear the congestion that causes them. Robitussin's powerful dual-action formula relieves even the toughest coughs. Wet. <coughs> dry. <coughs> and hacking. <coughs> Don't risk partial relief. Fast, powerful Robitussin DM Max fights your cough and helps clear the congestion that comes with it. Robitussin, don't suffer the cough consequences. Use as directed. Warning, you may experience extreme weight loss using the following product. Attention, if you need to lose 30 pounds or more, you're qualified to participate in an absolutely risk-free trial of an extremely powerful weight loss supplement. It's called Final Trim. To participate, call now, 1-800-910-5947. Final Trim is a proven breakthrough in weight loss. Take two capsules just once a day, and you can experience maximum weight loss, pounds in days. It uses natural ingredients, making it healthy and safe. If your weight loss with Final Trim is too dramatic, please decrease use and only take one capsule a day. To guarantee participation in this trial, you must call now, 1-800-910-5947. For your participation, you'll receive a full-size supply of Final Trim to use absolutely risk-free. Again, if you need to lose 30 pounds or more by taking Final Trim just once a day, call now to participate in this nationwide risk-free trial. 1-800-910-5947. That number again is 1-800-910-5947. Hey, it's Guy Fieri. If there are good times going on and you're not part of them because of heartburn, get back in the game by rolling out the Rolaids. 
Don't let heartburn keep you from enjoying the things you love. Rolaids gets you back in the action fast. Its dual active formula neutralizes more acid than Tums. For acid indigestion, upset stomach, and heartburn, get rapid relief with Rolaids. R-O-L-A-I-D-S? <laughs> now that's how you spell relief. Use as directed. Acid neutralization may not correlate with symptom relief. Your eyes, even at a distance of 10 miles, the length of 146 football fields, they can see the light of a single candle. Your eyes are amazing. Look after them with Centrum Silver. Multivitamins with lutein and vitamins A, C, and E to help support healthy eyes. And packed with key nutrients to help support your heart and brain, too. Centrum Silver for the most amazing parts of you. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The 2014 Cupera features plush leather seating that will feel to your hemorrhoids like sitting on lava-hot knitting needles. Not if you step up to relief with the power of two from Preparation H. First, use Preparation H medicated wipes to soothe as they clean. Then, Preparation H maximum strength cream to relieve pain and burning. Now, sink into that rich upholstery. Mmm, luxurious. Preparation H. Don't stand for hemorrhoids. Use as directed. Look for Preparation H at Walgreens. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. And this segment of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by our friends at Orbitz.com. Orbitz has created a simple program that rewards you faster than anyone else for booking online. Book your hotel or travel plans or airline travel through Orbitz, and you'll get rewarded instantly with Orbux that you can apply toward a hotel stay right there, or you can accumulate them as you do frequent flyer miles. And and uh, apply them to a future hotel stay that you book through Orbit. So you can find out more about Orbux. It's free to join. Just go to orbits.com forward slash rewards. Sign up to start earning rewards and saving money today. So the residents of St. Paul, Minnesota, in the upper Midwest, where, by the way, where I live right now, uh, woke up one morning to find this week that USA Today, that the readers of USA Today had during a month of balloting, voted St. Paul the most romantic city for a getaway in the United States. Now, I've lived here 10 years. I was a little flabbergasted. Now, I actually moved here for love, I will tell you, not because I love the city, but because I met a woman who happened to live in the city. Adam Johnson is the vice president of marketing at Visit St. Paul. I don't know Adam, so I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I just wanted to have someone. Adam, were you as shocked as I was, or did you guys run a campaign to get people to vote? We ran a little bit of a campaign. Uh, we were uh, we received an email from USA Today, kind of uh, late in 2013, saying we were one of 20 nominees, including the Honolulu's and Naples and Savannah and Charleston's of the world. And I kind of a uh, gal in my office. I said, uh, "There might be a reward in this for you if we can win this thing." And being <laughs> her and myself, former athletes, we had our competitive side came out, and um, we started a little campaign around it. The, the USA Today said the smaller, quieter, and many say the more sophisticated of the Twin Cities. St. Paul uh, is loved for its diverse romantic offerings like leisurely paddle wheel rides along the Mississippi, beer tastings, ice skating, and a thriving performing arts scene. All true, although I am looking out at the Mississippi River from where I am in my studio now, and it seems to be frozen over, um, so there's no paddle wheelers along there. In fact, the, as I broadcast live, at what time is it? Um, Central time, it's now uh, uh, 9.45 in the morning. The temperature outside is 3 degrees on this January uh, 8th, 8th day. 
But there is the Winter Carnival, the festival. If you go up to Rice Park in the center of the beautiful center of St. Paul, there are some amazing ice carvings. Some winters they melt in four days. This winter they're not going anywhere till like maybe July. Um, are you from here, Adam? I am. Uh, born and raised. Uh... Probably 95% of my life I've been here. I did a short stint of uh, private school out in Massachusetts, but for the most part I've been uh, been here all my life. And did, did it occur to you this is a great city for a romantic getaway before you worked for the CVB? Um, a little bit, but now I now it's really ingrained in me. I mean, I think uh, I think there's so much to do. And, and to your point, I think the fact that this story broke when we were in the middle of a polar vortex may have actually helped our cause because it uh, it gave the media it gave the media another way to cover the polar vortex without just saying it is so stinking cold here you can't believe it they got to say it is so stinking cold here but usa today thinks it's a romantic north american getaway so uh, we utilized them to help tell the story and then i think some hometown pride came out and uh, I, w- I won't say we stuffed the ballot because you could only vote once a day but i think we had a lot of fans that voted once a day for us for the well everybody was inside it was so cold they had nothing else to do but vote once a day how could they you know exactly now, in a minute, Adam and I are going to, well, I'll tell you how you, how you can win a, 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 a tickets for two and a stay here in St. Paul for a weekend, uh, although you've got, to, you've got to register for this by uh, this coming Wednesday, February 15th, but I'll tell you about that in a moment. I've got to tell you, when I moved here, it was January of about 10 years ago, and there was then a, a, an annual tradition where an ice palace was built that people could walk through and so on, and I was astounded because the first day I was here, I heard on the news that... The ice palace was closed today because it was too cold. And I wondered, how could it be too cold to close the ice palace? And also, I, 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 I asked my girlfriend, I said, why are the, new, the weather forecasters on TV so happy when it's only going to be three above? She's going to be above zero today. So for somebody coming from the East Coast, Washington, D.C., as I did, it's quite a, quite a shock. But I gather you, uh, I can tell you now that you do get used to it, don't you, Adam? Yeah, I think uh, you know somebody said there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. So uh, I think if you're from here, you, you, you've got your layers and you've got your warm coats. It's it's the folks that pay us a visit from California and whatnot and don't really understand the the, the value of down in a, in a jacket. So uh, yeah, I think you, you think you get used to it. And um, there's a ton of ton of fun stuff to do in St. Paul, romantic things to do that won't necessarily take you outside in negative degree temperatures, but Year-round, I mean, summertimes, I'd put our summers up against anybody, and this was True. really a year-round a year round award. This wasn't a most romantic getaway in January in North America, because <laughs> I don't think we would have won that contest, but uh, for a year-round, I think we're great. Californians don't understand ice fishing. Here's how you can win a weekend in St. Paul. Go to visitstpaul.com forward slash romance. You'll get a couple Delta tickets. You'll get two nights at the best hotel in town, the St. Paul Hotel. You get 300, you'll get a limousine. It's terrific visit stpaul.com forward slash romance we'll put a link on our facebook page adam thank you for dropping in and putting up with my sarcasm absolutely thanks rudy max's world phone lines are open now so call us at 800-387-8025 we'll be back after these messages The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. Welcome back. The travel website Cheap Air this week announced it would be the nation's first online travel agency to accept Bitcoin for hotel reservations. 
You can now use Bitcoin to buy flights and book hotel rooms on cheap air. The company joins, oh, in Vegas, the D Las Vegas Casino Hotel, the Golden Gate Hotel and Casino, and accepting Bitcoins. I don't know for betting, but for, I guess, lodging. Bitcoin, of course, is that virtual currency that either, either is this generation's version of tulip madness, as in Holland decades ago or centuries ago, or the next best thing after cash. I don't know. You be the judge. Uh, Janine uh, Torrentor is the travel editor for Orbits.com, and she uh, has, well, I, have you ever been to St. Paul, Minnesota, Janine? I have not. A previous guest uh, was, uh, was, was on remarking, USA Today's uh, uh, readers voted St. Paul the best city in the United States, best romantic city for a romantic getaway. Can you believe that? I'm, I live in St. Paul, Janine, and I don't believe that. It beats Savannah, Naples, Florida, and Santa Fe, in San Francisco. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'd be surprised people would really want to go there in February, maybe in the summer. Summer is summer is beautiful, yes. Um, but you have you have several places that we can go in lieu of going to Sochi in Russia during for the Winter Olympics. You have places where some of our Olympians have trained that you and I can go and 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 hang out and ski in, right? I do. In fact, a lot of the major ski resorts in the U.S. are home to Olympic athletes and have amazing training centers. And you can ski down the same terrain and the same courses that these guys train on. And um, a lot of them competed in the qualifying. Um, competitions earlier this season and so you can go down these same courses um i really love park city utah it's mm. 35 minutes outside of salt lake city so it's so easy to get to from the airport they're actually getting three feet of snow there this weekend i was there yesterday and it was snowing it was gorgeous but there are 29 u.s olympic athletes that call park city home and it's also home to the utah olympic park which hosted the 2002 Winter Olympics. So you can actually ride down a bobsled run, one of the skeleton runs, and you can take a ski lift to the top of the highest altitude ski jump. So you can sort of get the feel for what these guys are experiencing when you're standing at the top of that highest altitude ski jump. You know, that's yeah. quite um, quite a sight. Uh, there's also, uh, I know we've done a couple of remote locations, uh, remote shows, one in the summer, one in the winter from... Uh, uh, Mammoth uh, Mountain in or Mammoth uh, in, in in California. That's uh, also a big training pl place for Olympians. It is Mammoth is um, a really big training place. Got it has a, a lot of great terrain there as well. Great um, you know snowboarding parks there for folks who are into that. Um, and um, you know North Star at Tahoe also in California um, is a home resort to Sean White, who everybody knows Sean White. He has his own signature self-designed half pipe there that you can ride, um, which I really love as well. And then there's Breckenridge, Colorado, which is another family favorite. They've actually gotten over 11 feet of snow in Breckenridge since January 1st. So if you're looking for great powder, that's the place to go. But they have some of the best on-snow training facilities in all of the country. Um, it's places where Kerry Herman, David Weiss trained. Um, and they actually, all of these ski resorts have really great promotions going on in February. You probably know, Rudy, February is a great time to go to the ski resorts because it's right before everybody heads out for spring break, and you're going to find fantastic promotions like Keystone, Colorado, for example. Stay two nights and your kids 12 and under ski for free. You can't really beat that. Wow. Um, but for folks on the East Coast, too, Lake Placid is one of those classic ski resorts. Um, they hosted two Olympics there, once in 1932 and then again, which most people probably remember, in 1980. Um, and you can go to the Miracle on Ice Arena, um, home of that famed uh, hockey game. You can take a toboggan shoot ride down um, one of those runs. And they even have here this airbag jump, which is this 50-foot by 50-foot giant airbag, which you can kind of snowboard or ski off of a, a, a jump and test out, you know, or practice your, your skills there, and then, you know, injury-free, you land on this huge airbag, which is kind of fun. 
There's actually a picture of that in the, this weekend's Wall Street Journal that I'd never seen that airbag. It looks like just great fun. Yeah, I've never seen one of those before either. So I think that's something new they're trying out, and hopefully it, it you know spreads around to some of the West Coast resorts as well. Um, any any others before we say goodbye to you? Well, yeah, quickly, Vail, Colorado, um, Lindsay Vaughn, that's her home training, and unfortunately she's not competing in the Olympics this year, but they're actually going to be hosting. Um, it'll be the first big snowboarding event post-Olympics, the Burton U.S. Open Snowboarding Championship, which is the longest-running snowboard competition in the world, March 5th through 8th. So, you know, if you, you may see, if you can head out there in early March, you may see some hopefully gold medalists actually, you know, competing and uh, doing some of those runs during that competition after the Olympics. Fabulous, just fabulous. Well, and and there, and, and I think uh, if you don't have a friend you can stay with in some of these places, packages are often good deals, aren't they? Airfare and hotel, maybe even a rental Airf- car. Yeah, airfare and hotel packages are great deals. Or if you're heading with a big group or a family, you know, look for those condominium-style properties. Those are always great. And also know that most of these resorts, what's great about them is once you get in the resort town, you don't even really need a car to get around. Most of them have free, you know, bus transportation all around town and up through the mountains. So it's it's super convenient and uh, very cost-effective. Terrific. Hey, thank you very much, Janine. Yeah, my pleasure. Janine Tornator is the travel editor of Orbits.com, and she was thoughtful enough to put together that uh, list for us. Um, let's see, can I do a quick deal of the week? Um, here, well, here, if you happen to live uh, um, in Los Angeles, um, Tasting Table has got a great deal for you to uh, enjoy some noodles and some, uh, some Chinese uh, eating places. Just go to tastingtable.com and enter your chance to win $300 to, uh, for, at noodle shops and $300 in Uber credit to get you around. I'll have more next hour. Stick around if your station's leaving us after this first hour. We'll see you next weekend. Most of our stations are staying for a second, I'm glad to say. We'll be back in six minutes. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World. And as always, you're hearing Must Hear Radio on the SSI Radio Network.